Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode. Today we are going to discuss the topic of the origin of language. This episode will be divided into four segments during which we will discuss multiple hypotheses and attempt to answer the question, what is the origin of language and how did it evolve? Language is a fundamental aspect of human civilization, and it helps us communicate our thoughts, feelings, and ideas with one another. However, the origin of language remains a mystery that has puzzled linguists, anthropologists, and other researchers for centuries. This episode aims to explore the various hypotheses regarding the origin of language and shed light on this fascinating topic. Segment 1. Distinguishing Human Language from Basic Animal Communication before discussing the origin of language, it is essential to distinguish human language from basic communication among animals. While animals can communicate with one another through various sounds and gestures, their communication is limited to quick responses to stimuli in their surroundings, such as nearby threats or the need for food. In contrast, human language is context-free, allowing us to discourse about real or imagined situations unrelated to our current location or time. British linguist John Lyons defined languages as the principal systems of communication used by particular groups of human beings within the particular society of which they are members. This definition emphasizes the importance of culture to language, and as cultures and technology evolve, it's only logical that language will evolve from generation to generation as well. Most language changes and developments are subtle and unrecognizable in the short run. They are only noticeable when studied over a long period of time. Segment 2. Hypotheses of the Origin of Language Several hypotheses have been put forth regarding the origin of language. In this segment, we will discuss some of the most prominent ones. The Divine Hypothesis The Divine Hypothesis suggests that language was a gift from God to human beings. According to this hypothesis, God taught Adam all the names of things, which were passed down to all humans. While this hypothesis may resonate with some religious beliefs, it lacks empirical evidence. The Onomatopoeic Hypothesis The Onomatopoeic Hypothesis proposes that words originated as imitations of natural sounds in the environment. Charles Darwin said that language owes its origin to imitation and modification, aided by signs and gestures, various natural sounds, the voices of other animals, and man's own instinctive cries. This theory suggests that language stemmed from the reactionary uncontrollable screams of human beings and developed with the development of human needs and uses slowly into more organized units of speech. While this hypothesis has been largely discredited in its original form, some modern linguists and researchers still believe that sound symbolism plays a role in the formation of words. Some examples of words that may have originated from the onomatopoeic hypothesis are buzz imitating the sound of a bee or other insect buzzing. Hiss, imitating the sound of a snake hissing. Sizzle, imitating the sound of food cooking on a hot surface. Cuckoo, imitating the call of a cuckoo bird. Gurgling, imitating the sound of water flowing or a baby making a noise while drinking. Murmur, imitating soft indistinct speech or a low continuous sound like a stream. Hoot, imitating the sound of an owl hooting. Roar, imitating the sound of a lion or other large animal roaring. While these words may not have originated solely from imitating natural sounds, it is possible that sound symbolism played a role in their formation. Some linguists also suggest that sound symbolism may have played a role in the formation of phonemes, 
and the development of vocal communication in early humans. However, it is important to note that words and languages are not solely based on sound symbolism, and other factors such as cultural and social influences also play a significant role in language development. Grammaticalization Grammaticalization is the transformation of lexical items, such as nouns and verbs, into grammatical items, and the modification of already grammaticalized items into new grammatical functions. An initially incorrect usage has unintended repercussions, resulting in impacts and longer change sequences in a language. Through grammaticalization, language perhaps developed its grammatical structure in this way, beginning with basic nouns and verbs, and then transforming them from lexical items into grammatical items. A classic example of grammaticalization is the English word going, as it is used in the present continuous tense, as in I am going to the store. Originally, going was a verb that referred to movement in a general sense. However, over time it became a marker of the present continuous tense, indicating ongoing action in the present. In this way, the word going has undergone grammaticalization, transforming from a lexical verb to a grammatical marker. Another example of grammaticalization is the English word will, as used to indicate future tense, as in, I will go to the store. Originally, will was a verb that referred to volition or intention. However, over time it became a marker of the future tense, indicating an action that will occur at a later time. In this way, will has undergone grammaticalization, transforming from a lexical verb to a grammatical marker. The Pigeon Hypothesis Another way to trace the development of language is through the study of pigeons and their development. Pigeon is an extremely simplified language with little vocabulary and basic grammar. Pigeons are mostly made up of nouns, verbs, and adjectives in their early stages, with few or no articles, prepositions, conjunctions, or auxiliary verbs. Often there is no fixed word order in grammar, and the words have no inflection. When groups of people who do not speak the same language must communicate, these pigeon languages emerge. They are made up of words from several languages. If contact between the groups speaking the pidgin is maintained for a long time, the pigeons may get more complicated over time. If the children of one generation adopt the pidgin as their first language, it evolves into a creole language with fixed phonology, syntax, morphology, and syntactic embedding, as opposed to the pidgin of the previous generation. Local innovations not derived from any of the parent languages are common in the syntax and morphology of such languages. According to studies of Creole languages around the world, they have very identical syntax and are produced universally from pigeons in a single generation. Even when Creoles do not share a common ancestor, these commonalities can be seen. Creoles are also similar despite the fact that they evolved independently. The subject-verb-object-word order is a syntactic similarity. It's important to note that even when Creoles are descended from languages with different word orders, they still have this commonality. Segment 3. Comparative Method in Linguistics The comparative method is a linguistic technique used to reconstruct the features of an ancestor language by comparing the characteristics of its descendants. It involves identifying similarities and differences in the sounds, words, and grammar of languages that are related to one another. This method is particularly useful in studying the development of languages and tracing them back to their ancestors. One of the earliest and most influential uses of the comparative method was in the study of the Indo-European languages. By comparing the similarities and differences in the sounds, words, and grammar of languages such as Sanskrit, Greek, 
Latin, and Germanic languages, linguists were able to reconstruct the features of the ancestor language, which is believed to have originated around 4,000-6,000 years ago. The comparative method has also been used to study the development of the Romance languages, which include languages such as French, Spanish, Italian, and Portuguese. By comparing the similarities and differences in the sounds, words, and grammar of these languages, linguists have been able to trace their development from Latin, the ancestor language. This method has also been used to study the Austronesian languages, which are spoken in Southeast Asia, Oceania, and Madagascar. By comparing the similarities and differences in the sounds, words, and grammar of these languages, linguists have been able to reconstruct the features of the ancestor language, which is believed to have originated around 5,000, 6,000 years ago. Another example of the use of this method is to study the Bantu languages, which are spoken in sub-Saharan Africa. By comparing the similarities and differences in the sounds, words, and grammar of these languages, linguists have been able to reconstruct the features of the ancestor language, which is believed to have originated around 4,000, 5,000 years ago. The comparative method has also been used to study the Germanic languages, which include English, German, Dutch, and Scandinavian languages. By comparing the similarities and differences in the sounds, words, and grammar of these languages, linguists have been able to trace their development from the ancestor language, Proto-Germanic. These examples show how the comparative method is used to trace the development of languages over time by comparing the characteristics of related languages. By identifying similarities and differences in the sounds, words, and grammar of languages, linguists can reconstruct the features of the ancestor language and gain insights into how languages evolve. While the comparative method is a valuable tool in linguistic research, it has some limitations when it comes to identifying the origin of language, which is a complex and still debated topic. It relies on the availability of related languages to make comparisons and identify similarities and differences. However, when it comes to the origin of language, there is limited data available, as there are no written records of the first languages spoken by humans. While this method works well for tracing the development of related languages from a common ancestor, it is less useful when trying to identify the origin of language itself. This is because there is no established common ancestor language from which all human languages are descended. The comparative method assumes that the development of languages is a linear process, with changes occurring gradually over time. However, the origin of language may have involved nonlinear development with sudden and significant changes in language use and structure. The origin of language is not solely a linguistic phenomenon, but is also influenced by cultural and social factors. The comparative method is limited in its ability to account for these factors, which may have played a significant role in the development of language. In conclusion, while the comparative method is a useful tool in linguistic research, it has limitations when it comes to identifying the origin of language. The origin of language is a complex and still debated topic, and further research is needed to fully understand how human language evolved. Segment 4. Attempts to Identify the Original Language of Human Beings The experiment of the Egyptian pharaoh Samtik is a well-known anecdote that has been used to explore the question of the origin of language. According to the story, Samtik conducted an experiment in which he raised two infants in complete isolation with the intention of discovering which language they would naturally speak when they began to talk. The story goes that after two years, the infants began to utter a word that sounded like bekos. 
Samtik was reportedly puzzled by this, as Bekos was not a known word in any language that he was familiar with. However, upon further investigation, he discovered that Bekos was a word in the Phrygian language, which was spoken in a region of Anatolia. From this, Samtik concluded that Phrygian must be the original language spoken by humans. The experiment of the Roman Emperor Frederick II is another well-known anecdote that has been used to explore the same question. According to the story, Frederick II conducted an experiment in which he raised infants in complete isolation, with the intention of discovering which language they would naturally speak when they began to talk. The story goes that Frederick II had the infants raised in complete isolation, and that they were cared for by nurses who were instructed not to speak to them. However, the experiment reportedly failed, as the infants did not develop any language skills and eventually died. While these stories have been widely circulated, there is little evidence to support their veracity. The idea that the language spoken by isolated infants would be the original language is not supported by modern linguistic research. In fact, linguists generally agree that the idea of a single, original language spoken by all humans is a myth. Instead, language is believed to have evolved over time, with different languages developing in different regions and among different groups of people. Moreover, the idea that language can be acquired in complete isolation has been challenged by studies of isolated infants, which suggest that social interaction and exposure to language are necessary for language acquisition. One famous case is the study of Jeannie, a girl who was discovered at the age of 13 after spending most of her life in isolation and abuse. Researchers attempted to teach Jeannie language, but found that she had severe language deficits and was unable to fully acquire language. Another case study is that of Victor of Aveyron, a boy who was discovered in France in 1799 after having lived in the wild for several years. Researchers attempted to teach Victor language, but found that he was unable to acquire language beyond a few simple words. In conclusion, while the experiments of the Egyptian pharaoh Samtik and the Roman emperor Frederick II have been used to explore the question of the origin of language, they are not supported by modern linguistic research. The origin of language is a complex and multifaceted topic that involves many different factors, including biological, cultural, and social factors. Further research is needed to fully understand how human language evolved and how it continues to develop and change over time. The origin of language remains a mystery that continues to fascinate researchers and linguists. While various hypotheses have been proposed, there is no definitive answer on the origin of language or whether a single language that all humans spoke existed. It is essential to recognize that language is a dynamic and evolving system that is deeply intertwined with culture and technology. As societies and technology evolve, language will continue to evolve as well. Finally, while we may never know the exact origin of language, it remains a fascinating topic to think about and explore. You can find the references in the description. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.